are God of all, of all. No, no, all. And, and you ever, ever. And so, and so, we, we invite your presence here. Here at Lexton, Lexton, where we're live streaming, but also here in every home that is um, interacting with this Sunday service. I pray, Lord, that your presence would be there. Help us to be the living, breathing embodiment of Jesus Christ today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, can I take us all back, if I could, one year to one year ago? And I know you're thinking, oh, wow. Take you back one year ago. It's exactly like now. <laughs> but in last year, we were all in lockdown, right? Um, and we had no real idea. Uh, August last year, right, in the thick of lockdown, uh, no real idea what 2021 would look like. It was in that season, and since we're talking about, you know, Bible in real life, I'll give you a snapshot of my real life. Um, I took deliberate time from the, our schedule to pray for 2021 at FGA. Usually I would travel um, and, and go away by myself and spend some time with God and scripture. Um, but, you know, it was lockdown and we couldn't even go 5K away from our house. So I had to kind of, I was so determined to, uh, to really see God for the church. And so I uh, woke up every day actually at 5 a.m. for a week. I set aside that time and, you know, uh, <laughs> I kind of needed some space where the whole family is like asleep, right? Because everybody is at, at home and there was just no real space to seek God uh, deeply because the Zoom school classes on, different kinds of things all happening. Um, it is in that season, though, of deliberately waking up to seek God that... Um, God really spoke to me about what this year's theme should be, what our, our focus should be for this year. And we didn't even know what this year would be like. Um, but we landed with, um, we landed with genuine faith at home. And if somebody could come here and fix the iPad, that'd be great. Um, because it's not cycling through. Thanks, Chai. Okay, cool. Um, but we landed with genuine faith at home. This was our theme. It, it meant that whatever our faith was, it had to be lived out, not just in church services or in the going of, to programs and the like, but we needed to actually be Christians that had the same kind of faith at home in, the, in our real family lives or our home lives uh, when nobody was looking uh, that we had when we were outside representing ourselves to the world or representing ourselves to the uncles and aunties <laughs> in church that you say hi to. But here's the thing about real life. Real life is varied, right? It's, it's, there's lots and lots of things that go on in real life. God moves and he speaks to the entirety of the human experience. That means 
Wow, there are, there are teenagers through to retirees. There's people who, who like sports uh, uh, through to people who don't even know what sports is. Like, it's such a wide variety of the human experience. Yet God can move beyond our stereotypes and our customs even and speak to you, affect your life. That's why I love these two youth testimonies that we have from Bella and Ezekiel. They give us a good snapshot that actually you could just grow up at church and, and imagine that God only works in one way. But here we have somebody who is grappling with his faith. And here we have somebody who God is calling towards an artistic vocation around um, photography and her artwork. Bella, Ezekiel, thank you so much for having the courage to get up and, and share. You know, you've got a long journey ahead of you. It's really like a marathon, but you are starting right. You're starting with an authentic, real interaction and relation with God, a genuine one. You know, when Jesus was around on earth, when, when you read the Gospels, he despised, he went deliberately against those who were pretend Christians. People who were more concerned about the outside look of things than the genuine faith that was going on inside. So, there's really nothing that says real life than, I guess, right now. Right? Right now, real time. So today is going to be a very different service. It's going to be interactive. That's right, you in your pajamas thinking that you could just have breakfast and watch a service. It's not going to be this kind of a service. Because our overarching goal is what is uh, is this genuine faith at home? Where is God trying to lead us? You know, when we designed the Generation Series, it was for us to connect across different generations in real life, in a multi-generational body of Christ. It was, however, always imagined to be an in-person series, the Generation Series. That's why we've cut it short. So we've cut the Generation short by two weeks because we're actually very focused on this goal of genuine faith at home. And so as soon as things change, and it doesn't really work to do generations sort of online and we're not actually interacting in person, we, we've changed directions. And for the next two weeks, we're going to do the Bible in real life. FGA is going to be like Google Maps, like Google Maps in Asia. I don't know if you've ever done it. I've, I've said this before. Like basically, it's always correct. It'll tell you, oh, the place is two hours away. But actually, it's three hours with traffic. But as you're driving and the traffic gets worse and worse, it's recalculating. So that by the time you get there and it says one minute away, you're literally one minute away. It just keeps changing. And I think that's, that's what we've got to be like. We've got to keep the goal in mind, genuine faith at home, that we want God to really affect our lives and we want to have real faith in our homes. And then as plans change, as the world changes, and we recalibrate and we make sure we're always tracking well, which is why we've changed this series. If we look at real life, um, you know, genuine faith in, in our real life, you have to ask, what 
are you doing every day? Right? You have to, our days make up our lives. All right? Our days make up our lives. And so I want to talk a little bit about daily. Every day kind of blurs into the next nowadays. I don't know if you know what lockdown is like. All of Melbourne does, right? I don't know where you're zooming in from or, or checking in on YouTube. But uh, we feel like we've been going through the same day again and again when we are in lockdown. But let me ask you this. Do you check social media every day? Does your blurring days involve you checking Instagram or Facebook? Do you watch something before you sleep at night every day? You're like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to catch up on this series. Or do you read the news every day? Do you check your messages every day? You know, we have the ability actually as human beings to do something repeatedly day by day every day. It turns out we definitely can be people who do the same thing every day because if you go through those lists of questions, I bet most of us would say, yeah, we do do some of these things every day. So today, we're gonna talk about another everyday thing. The Bible every day. It's not as crazy as it might sound. The Bible every day. And to make, and I've always been curious, I know you're curious, so we're going to enter the interactive part of today's service. If you scan that QR code, it is not the Victoria check-in COVID code, but I'm sure all of you know how QR codes work. Um, and if you, or if you don't know how that works, if you go to uh, Slido, www.sli.do, and you type in the number 955629, I say that for all the people who are like, you know, listening to audio, um, you can fill in a quick Quick survey for us. I've always been curious, right? Like, what is your top reason? What is your top reason for not reading the Bible daily? Daily. So you have, this question, you have to ask the question. In the last year, every day, have I been reading the Bible? And then you could answer, I read the Bible daily. You could answer, it's boring. I can't understand it. No time. Not a high priority. Daily. Oh, please. That is too often. Only Instagram needs to be checked daily. Whatever it is. Okay, right? And we're just gonna, we're gonna see some answers um, come up there because it's gonna be interactive. I wanna encourage you to interact with today's service. That means if you are sitting down right now, you might wanna get your phone, you might wanna get a device out, um, and actually you can do, today we're gonna do a Bible study. You can do the Bible study with us. Uh, we've got a panel which I'll introduce soon, and it's going to be pretty fun. But the goal is to talk a little bit about the Bible every day. Okay, so as the, oh, wow, here we go. Oh, my goodness, that's great. 37% of people online, now this is anonymous, so please be honest, yeah, but that's great. Like 30, 39, 40% of people watching, they read the Bible daily. That's fantastic. That's like 60% maybe don't. Uh, maybe no time, not a high priority. Daily, that's too often. And then, oh, wow, boring and can't understand it are actually the bottom two uh, reasons. Okay, we'll revisit this later as people sort of time delay uh, jump on. Uh, 
Did you know that the Bible is an essential part of genuine faith? That we cannot be genuine in our faith if we never open up the Bible. The Lord's Prayer, so I'm just going to very, very quickly do a quick argument for why the Bible is essential, right? I'm going to go fast because I think most people who go to FGA would already know the Bible is essential, but let's just go through it. You know, God, when uh, Jesus, when he said, hey, this is how you should pray, he gave the Lord's Prayer. He said, give us this day our daily bread. What does he mean by that? He does not mean every day have kaya toast, Right? One way to interpret, give us this day our daily bread, is give us bread that is just the right proportion for today. That means every day we're to go to God and go, God, give me what I need for today. Don't give me what I need, and hopefully it lasts me 10 years because I'm not going to look at the Bible for another decade, right? In fact, that, that give us our day, uh, this day, our daily bread links to Matthew 4, 4 with Jesus' own words where he says, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So when you hear Jesus say in the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread, you immediately drawn back and you know that he's talking about the word of God. Right? You know, there is a big difference between somebody who meditates day and night on the Word of God, who allows themselves to be shaped and to acquire a taste for God's Word, um, who allows themselves to be um, molded and steadied by God's Word, versus somebody who takes in all kinds of social media news and various other things that we would meditate on. Uh, Psalms 1 draws a big contrast between these two types of people. It says this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits at the seat of scoffers, um, but his delight is in the law or the word of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season and its leaf does not wither. That means it is a blessing, this tree that provides shade and fruit for everybody around. It, in all that he does, he prospers. If we daily feed on God's word, right, meditate on it, this is the kind of fruit it produces. And then Psalms 1 contrasts it with the wicked are not so. They are like chaff that the wind drives away. Or some versions say they blow with the wind. That means you're one way here, you're another way there, you're always changing opinions, you're always chasing after things that you can't get. Therefore the wicked will not stand in judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Basically casting two scenarios. I want to ask you, how is it going for you? Are you that tree that is planted next to living water. Lastly, I want to say about Scripture, you need it. It completes you. Your wife or husband doesn't complete you. The Bible completes you. Um, Let's read 2 Timothy 3.16. All Scripture, all Scripture is breathed out by God. It 
profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. And if you go to the next part, it says, so that you may be complete, equipped for every good work. You know, do you want to be true to yourself? Do you want to like one of these like social media post things? Do you want to be true to yourself? Do you want to be who you're really meant to be? Then you need to read the Bible. Because true to ourselves means that we reflect the image of the person we've been created to be like. Which means that we have to be more and more like Christ. And the Bible helps us become that, who we were meant to be. So anyway, that's enough for me. We are going to do a real-life Bible study, and you are going to take part in this study. So I'm going to encourage you to follow along with us right now. You can do it. Uh, today is not a watching Sunday. Even if you're here, uh, and I'm now watching you, uh, it is not a watching Sunday. It is a take-part Sunday. Uh, we are aimed at starting wherever you are, like at whatever level you're at. And so why don't you Bible study with us today? A different QR code is up on there now. You could go to this web address, right? And what it does is it fires up the Bible app for you. Um, you know, some of you may have to install it or whatever, right? Uh, it is not essential. We'll be doing this for this week and next week. But if you wanted to follow along, you could actually have a little bit of a Bible study right now with us as we look through today's scripture. Um, we're aimed at helping you exactly where you're, whatever generation you are, wherever you're at, you know, uh, let's just be very honest today, okay? I started reading the Bible when I was young. I started with just two minutes every day of Bible reading, and actually, I, I kind of cheated. I took my, I did my, my Bible study in the shower. While I was showering, I would lean the Everyday with Jesus devotional on the, on the wall, and then I would just read. I wouldn't even have to read the Bible because they, they write the verse out, right? And so then, I just quickly read it while I'm showering, and then when my mom asks me, hey, Chris, did you read the Bible? Like, yeah, I read the Bible. All right, and so that's, honestly, that's how I started. But today, we have four people here with us. They're going to give us, they're going to do the Bible study in real time as well as you do it in real time. Uh, we have people from four different uh, uh, generations, uh, real world volunteers. I'm so glad that they're here. I want to thank you for your courage and your honesty. Uh, we have uh, Julia Go representing 10 plus. Uh, we have Jensen T representing 20 plus. We have Jamie Yap representing 30 plus. I'm 40 plus. And we have Jeffrey representing 50 plus. Actually, Jensen is Vincent, but I'm going to call him Jensen because today it's all about acronyms, and you'll see that today it's, everything's the letter J. Thank you, Jordan, for chairing our service. It's, uh, it's J and C, but we'll get to Thank you, Jensen. All right. Okay, so let's imagine, let's imagine you're at home and you're opening the Bible. Let's go into peek into your, your, your real life, okay? You're at home, you're opening the Bible. What is that like, Julia, when you read the Bible? Well, it's the first thing that I do in my day. So I'll wake up and I'll have my, like, my Bible and my pencil case on my bedside table. So I don't even have to get out of bed. I do it in bed. 
And um, so I'll open up to whatever book I'm going through. And then my favorite thing to do while I read it is highlight. So I go crazy with my highlighter. And I really annotate everything that I think sticks out to me, what I'm confused about, and I feel like what God is speaking to me. And I just write it in. And then after that, I'll pray and then get on with my day. But yeah. Wow. That's great. And uh, Jin, so she represents the 10, the 10, <laughs> the 10 plus. Okay. And now, Jinsen, what about you? You're opening up your Bible. What does that look like? Uh, I think what I do daily is I go through a devotional book called New Morning Mercies by Paul David Tripp. And so it has like, it has like a daily thing and then there's an explanation and then there's a passage which you read and then I just read through that passage and reflect on how it links to what he's trying to teach and it just helps me go through the whole Bible that way. Fantastic. So you use a devotional and you just yep. work your way through it. That's great. Jamie, what does that look like for you? So um, for me, it's kind of, I've, yeah, because I'm in my 30s, so I've been through those stages where, like, I would, you know, get up, read a Bible. I would uh, go through devotionals. Um, I feel like there's a season for every time, every part of my life. So at one point in time, for a couple of years, I was um, really short with time. So I would actually read my Bible while I was drying my hair because my hair was really long. <laughs> so it would take me, like, 20 minutes to dry my hair. So I would read my Bible doing that. Yeah. And then now... You know, sometimes it can vary. Sometimes I'll be like listening to, um, you know, an audio version of the Bible on the way to work because it'll take me an hour to get to work, things like that. So I don't really have a, say, like really consistent way of doing things, but I think um, I just try to be as intentional as possible. Yeah. That's great. That's great. So um, <laughs> audio Bible, getting in and working it into your schedule, hmm. that's uh, really fantastic. Uh, we're going to hear from Jeffrey. Okay, uh, what I do is that I wake up in the morning, but not as early as 5 o'clock, <laughs> like you. Um, but uh, because I'm, it's quiet and I, I'm usually typically the first one to get up um, in the morning. And so get my drink and I'll settle down. Uh, what I'll do is that I'll go through uh, maybe sometimes with the BSF material or what I'll do is also um, when, when I'm not in the BSF season, I would um, then go through the Gospels. Uh, so that's one way of uh, my, my Bible study. And what I do is that uh, with the impressions that I have, I just jot it down in the journal. Oh, wow, uh, great. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. It's great. Highlighting, having things in a journal, uh, they're all really helpful things uh, in our real life to help us um, study Bible. So let's get right into it. If you've already gone to the link that is here, you'll be able to follow along with us. We're going to go to today's passage. Today's passage is in Galatians 15 to 21, and we'll just read it um, together. It goes like this. We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So that we have believed in Jesus Christ in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were to be found to be sinners, is Christ a servant of sin? Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. 
For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, so I do not nullify the grace of God. For if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. I thought I'd pick, uh, you know, we're in the book of Galatians the whole of this year, and I thought I'd pick a semi-complicated one to, to, to study, uh, and we could just do it all in real life. We're going to Uh, go with, I'm going to try and coach you in a very simple three-step process for studying the Bible, all right? Three things that we're going to do every time we read a text. You know, you might have heard that for the first time today, and oh my goodness, that's really cool. What? Law, Gentiles, Jews, what? Like, it sounds pretty complicated. So we're going to try and tackle it with three C's, J's and C's. Uh, you know, the word con actually uh, means with. So co, com, con, they all sort of mean with, right? And so we're going to go context, content, consider, all right? Uh, firstly, and you know, um, uh, you know, I'm not going to make it too complicated. Uh, okay, maybe I will. Um, you could also... Uh, you could also, right now, if you want, go to Slido. Uh, I've just put up a new poll that's up there. And as we go to context, which is the first one, you can just type in words that you think relate to the context. And so then we can all see this um, in real life, okay? So we're trying to make today as interactive as possible. We're going to go to 11.45. I'll stop the Bible study then. But until then, we're just going to free flow and roll into Scripture with our four live volunteers and all of you. All right. Context is the first thing that we want to do when we read the Bible, right? Because it's not like, the Bible's not like an Instagram post. It just doesn't pop up in the middle of nowhere with no context of anything before or after. It's, an, it's 66 books that are all linked, right? It's got a history. It's got a whole bunch of context that sits in it. So what I want to encourage you to do is find out what has gotten us to this point. We're in Galatians chapter 2. Right? Verse 15. What's gotten us to this point? Let's write down everything that we possibly know about the things surrounding this passage. Think about it like you're just, you're like, you're preparing for a a uni assignment or essay or whatever. This part of the context is you're just doing your homework. So you're just writing down, if you're you're doing your Bible study on a piece of paper, you're just writing down things that you know about this passage. So let's go to Jeffrey. Uh, Jeffrey. Uh, as you open up this passage, what things jump out at you from the context? Right. Uh, what I did was just go into the background a bit, and we just look at the earlier passages in verses 11 to 14, and it seems like uh, Peter used to fellowship with the uh, Gentile believers, and this was like a new church. And um, However, when some of the Jewish leaders came, um, Peter sort of like dissociated 
uh, disassociate himself with the Gentile believers, and maybe perhaps he was also trying to impose some of the Jewish customs upon the Gentiles. So yeah, I think so there's this, like that tension between the Jews and the Gentiles already. Right? Yes, that's correct. So um, unfortunately, some of the other Jews also joined into the whole foray of it, and uh, even Barnabas as well, which was his mentor, uh, his uh, uh, fellow um, uh, uh, teacher. Right. So, um, so now I think it's a time where Paul himself confronts uh, Peter on this issue. Yeah. Great. There is, there's definitely that which sets up uh, where we are in that passage because there's the pressure for the Gentiles who came on after, right? So this is like, we're all Gentiles, by the way, because we're all not in Israel and, and Jews, right? They came along, there was pressure to say, if you want to be a Christian, you got to do everything that the Jews are doing, right? And so there was that tension. Okay, uh, Jamie, what do you, have you noticed from the context? Um, so for me, I usually read from my um, study Bible, which Great. I find really yeah, helpful. So before I read a book, I usually read the intro for the book, like who wrote the book and stuff, so I know um, this book's written by Paul. Um, just reading this chapter uh, or this passage that you've highlighted, um, Pastor Chris, it kind of, to me, sounds like Paul is putting forth like some argument, um, talking about addressing the Jewish church as well as the Gentile church um, to talk about or address an issue about salvation by works or by faith. So yeah, that's what it spoke to me. Yeah. Okay, good. So you kind of, as you read this, it's like broadly the context is a wider letter that has as a major theme maybe talking a little bit about how do people get saved. Right? Great. Jensen. Um, so when, like, Galatians is an epistle, so one point of reference I like to look at is, like, the very start and look for any introductory, like, clues. Um, and so we can see that Paul is establishing his authority at the start of Galatians, and he's talking about how um, Jesus Christ is the one who save them from their sins right now. And then he straight away jumps to, I'm so amazed that you're swerving away from um, the grace of Christ that called you from the start. Um, and so it seems like he's, he's addressing an urgent um, perversion of the gospel. Right. So yeah. something is very, very wrong. Yeah. Right? All right. Great. So we're, we're getting a, a kind of clue to the, the background and the context for this passage. All right, Julia. Yeah. So like reading in the first chapter... Like at the very beginning, I like to read the books from beginning to end. So at least I build up um, the context as I'm reading throughout the um, book. But I think Vincent, Vincent mentioned it, that um, it's a letter. And so Paul has written this to the Galatian church. And um, as I read it, it's quite obvious that Paul is very desperate with them. He's exasperated, he's annoyed, and yeah. Um, they've turned away, so he's annoyed at that. Yeah, fantastic. Now, these guys did this with, I only gave them a couple days notice, and we only did like WhatsApp messages, uh, back and forth, which is mainly me just writing WhatsApp messages, and a 30-minute briefing uh, in church today, right? And so I'm actually really glad that 
It's, it's surprising what you can do when you know the spotlight is on you and you're going to have to like study the, the scripture yourself and, and come up and say something. But I want to encourage you, that should be you too. I, I didn't provide them any study materials. We didn't, I didn't give them points uh, to, to speak on. I don't know what they're going to say, but that could be you. You have to imagine that the spotlight is on you, that God is watching how you conduct yourself with the word of God that he has given to you. Like a master who's living, uh, uh, left talents for you, whether you use it or you bury it, right? And so just a little bit of effort, I feel, can get you quite close to the context of the passage. Here's some additionals, just for, if you want to sort of take it a little bit further, you could ask who, what, where, when, and how, right? Like for the, the context. So uh, for instance, who, it's Paul, um, what, it's a, it's a letter, where, it's in Galatia, when, it's after Acts and the church is expanding, and how did we even get here? There is a problem. How did we get to this verse? Because there's a massive problem that Paul's really concerned uh, about. You could also uh, ask like in the context, what do you know about the character of God? Right? What do you know about the character of God? And so uh, what you know about the other books of the Bible, what you know about everything else of God, right, informs what is being said here. And we know that God, uh, it, it alludes to that um, Abraham was saved by faith, not by law. The, Moses gave the law later on. It alludes to that God uh, is actually, he paid the price. God so loved us. That's his character, right? Um, so that sets the context as well. I think if you regularly study the Bible, you will grow in your understanding of God's kingdom. We are in God's world. So if you immerse yourself in the context of scripture, you will get better and better at it. You'll see all these links that God has already intended to put in there. All right. Great, and so on our slides that you guys have put in, some of the major uh, things, if, if it can jump there, like some of the things that came up is 955629. Okay, people are just typing in the code, but you know, major themes are law versus faith, works, Paul, grace, fantastic, fantastic. Okay, let's go to the content and let's jump right into the next C uh, we're gonna look at, and that is so now we understand the context and how we got to this passage. Let's look at what does the actual text say. Try to follow the story or follow the narrative, or in this case, let's try and follow Paul's argument. And all we need to do, you don't have to be like super scientific with it, is just write down all the points that come to you that you think the author is bringing, in the, in the, bringing out in the text. So just kind of as you read through, you go, oh, you know what, uh, um, law uh, doesn't save us or, or whatever it is. Like whatever, whatever points it is. So let's go to our pre-prepared volunteers and they are, are we starting with you? Great. We're going to go to Julia and she's going to give us a snapshot of what she thinks comes out of the content of this text. So I think um, this is where it really addresses the main problem which Paul is alluding to throughout this is that the people of Galatia have um, they've kind of turned back to their old ways of believing that their acts can save them and it's no longer 
um, they don't have the faith anymore in Jesus's like grace and mercy that they're saved by faith alone. And so it talks about it in um, verse 16 that the law, by the law, no one will be justified. So it's saying that by their works, even though they can try their best, it's not going to save them at all. And his reasoning for this comes later in the passage where it says, um, I think, yeah, verse 21, the final verse, that if God died to um, save us from our sins, but our works could save us from our sins, then what's the point? He died for nothing. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. So if we could have saved ourselves, we wouldn't even need Jesus, right? Yet somehow what's going on in Galatia and maybe even in our world today is people are trying to like do stuff to be okay with God um, and thinking that will save them. All right. Brilliant. Jensen. Um, I think another thing to add is that Paul also continues like to connect the two points like in between. He talks about how if he was to revert back to following Judaism alone, it's kind of like he wouldn't be able to keep it himself either. And yeah. so he's kind of like a transgressor either way. And that's why like he wouldn't be able to follow it. Yeah, what, what do you think, um, I'm gonna put you a bit on the spot here. What do you think in today's terms following the law is? Because obviously none of us are in a rush to go out and get circumcised like right now, right? So what, what is it in today's terms that might be some form of legalism or following the law that might think, hey, this is gonna save me. What, what do you think? I'm not sure if this is the right answer, <laughs> but I think like as a as a Christian there's some things that you can do that makes you look good but isn't necessarily Christian. Yeah, like what? Like um being nice to an uncle or auntie, just saying hi <laughs> just for the sake of it. Or Such just an like answer. that is like the or, number one. Or like you're at work and like everyone's talking about sports and like work stuff and then that's all you ever talk about. And sure. it's just like, just to be relatable? Yeah, absolutely. So I think what, when the Bible talks about law, it, it's about like doing these types of things to think, hey, I'm coming to church, uh, I'm serving on the worship team, I'm serving Sunday school, I'm doing all these things, but actually in my genuine faith at home, when I, I actually, Christ is pretty much not even alive in, at home, but I'm doing all these things and they're keeping me safe. Okay, great. Jamie, what are you getting from the text? Um, I feel that... Um Paul's really upset because I, like, if I just read this passage alone, I would think that it's pretty clear he's upset that people are talking about, you know, salvation with works rather than just by faith. But then just reading this passage alone kind of makes me think like, what's the, like, you know, going back to context as well. So if I read just this chapter alone, then I kind of get a better understanding that Paul's actually really upset because there are Christians who are Jews and they're Gentile Christians and the Jewish Christians are trying to impose, you know, in addition to faith, they want them to do also the Jewish law, which to me feels like Paul's really upset because that waters down the grace of God and what 
God did for us. He's adding the burden onto people as well, which I don't think that's what God wants. So he's really upset about that. And I, I kind of get that. And I was like, okay, that makes me really think about my life right now yeah. as a Gentile Christian. Like, what does God actually want from me if it's not to follow the Jewish law? Um, not that I don't care about it or, you know, I do things opposing it, but how, how do I work out my life as a Gentile Christian here? Like, Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Jeffrey? Yeah, I think there's so many things that um, the others have talked about and really it's um, how what God has done for us and our faith in Christ. Um, and one of the verses that Julie highlighted was verse 21, that we all, um, that if we can be saved by keeping the law, then Christ died for nothing. Right? Um, I was just, when I was reflecting on this, I, I thought of an analogy. And this is like um, a shepherd, right? And he had some sheep, and what he did was that he put these sheep in an enclosure. So the enclosure, if I, if I may, uh, take it as like the boundaries and the laws and the principles that they, they, they live by, right? And it keeps them safe, it protects them. But then one fine day, a wolf comes along and it gets into the enclosure, and now the, the sheep are all in danger. But the the boundaries, the enclosure, it doesn't save them. It, it protects them, right? But it doesn't save them. But eventually it is the shepherd who comes and sees the wolf and he comes in and gets rid of the wolf. Uh, so in, in looking at this analogy, it is Christ, the shepherd, that, who saves. It is not the, the uh, enclosure, it's not the fences, it's not the law that saves, but it is actually Christ that saves. Absolutely. That's, that's really good. Jesus comes in and tackles something that we could never tackle in our own right. And, and we know this, right? Mankind for the, for the longest time has been trying to deal with our own sin. If we could conquer our own sin and our own sinful thoughts and our sinfulness, we would have just done it ourselves. But that is, um, that is I think, the, the, the main point of this, that there is this wolf that we we just sheep. We couldn't conquer but Jesus at his own sacrificial cost has come in and solved that for us. Not so that then we can go out of the pen out to where all the wolves live and body it up, but so that we have the ability to live with Christ, so that we have the ability to grow as we have been designed uh, and flourish in that way. Brilliant. So um, if we... Uh, yeah, if we, if we jump on to, I forgot to mention this, but you know, you could just go on to this survey. You're seeing that uh, as people are um, contributing online, you know, that we're not justified by works, uh, but by faith. All right, so if you're looking at the content, right, of the Bible passage, any Bible passage that you're going into, uh, some of the additional sort of notes um, that you could do is you could, you could actually try to uh, read through and break down the, the verses, break down the sort of the logical flow of the argument or break down what it says. Yep. Uh, so break down the structure of the passage. You could also look at some of the themes or the key words that kind of come out. So there's a lot of themes of law and grace and salvation and, um, and the like that come out. So you could just write that in your notebook. 
right? These, you don't have to solve it yet. You don't have to really get everything to come in together yet. You're just doing your prep work um, as you study the Bible. You could also do some research, and uh, there are many places that you can go to to uh, jump online to find out more about what a passage says. Uh, you know, there's something called the Blue Letter Bible. If you uh, Google that, you can see a lot of free um, uh, Bible studies through to concordances, through to commentaries about the passage. I like on YouTube the Bible Project that, um, you know, that you can do some research and it gives you a little bit of um, information about different books of the, the Bible, uh, you know, and you could even just ask around, right? So you can do some research on it. So for instance, uh, if I were to break down the structure of this passage that we've got, it would go broadly like this. Um, I'm going to skip all the technical terms. But the first part is Paul, he's saying something that everyone agrees to. So he begins in this passage, he goes, hey, you know what? We all, all of you who I'm very upset with, I'm scolding all of you, but all of you agree to this. You agree that we ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners, yet we know that a person is not justified by the works of the law but through faith in Jesus Christ. So he says, hey, everybody knows this. You may not be living it out. You might be trying to, you know, use law or whatever. But, hey, we all can agree that we were all not saved. The word justified means saved. We were not saved by the law. He's about to say later on even that Abraham, who's the father of all of the Jews, himself wasn't saved by the law. He was saved by grace. He was saved by faith in God, right? So we all agree that it's not by works of the law that we are justified. The law doesn't make you Christian. Then he goes in the next section and what is contested. So he says, okay, but this is what I'm now going to contest. This is what I'm going to argue with you about. That actually the law isn't the way forward either. So the law is not what saved you. Neither can you rely on the law going forward. So if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, it means going forward, if we're trying to be saved in Christ, right, we sin by going backwards to that law, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, that means if, if Jesus Christ has tore down salvation through just works, which has been proven definitively, we can't do it. That's why we need a savior. That's the point of the law was to prove that actually we're not as good as we think we are. Okay, then uh, I proved to myself to be a transgressor. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. So this is the point that he's contesting. Then we get to his main point. His main point of this whole passage is actually, it is no longer I who live. Now, it's no longer I who live. I can't even Keep up with all the laws. It is Christ who lives in me. And what does that mean? What does that mean? And that's, that's what we've got to kind of unpack. But at least you now you've read the content of the thing. You kind of know where he's going. And you know the main, his main thrust is, hey, guys, you can't have a genuine faith if you are not relying on Christ. All right? Christ, Jesus Christ. So we get to then the third part, 
which is consider. So now that you've got all your working, you've got the context, you kind of know roughly what the content is, right? Um, you're going to say, hey, I'm going to meditate on this throughout the day. Perhaps I might even memorize part or all of this. Now, I, it's, it's pretty hard to memorize all of Galatians 2, 15 to 21, but maybe you might memorize chapter 20, uh, verse 20, right? Uh, that, that Christ lives in me. Or even if, at whatever age you are, you just memorize Christ lives in me. Whatever it is, right? But if you, it's helpful to when you open up Scripture to have it that you're meditating it on it day and night. Um, you know, and meditation is Christian meditation anyway. It's not like you know, like today wellness medit is, is very very popular. I feel like it's a little bit shortchanged what happens today. Like I, I do a mindful cool down after my workout. Seriously, the thing goes for five minutes. And basically, if you've got all these wellness things that go on in your day or your school, they were like, yeah, why don't you just breathe for two minutes? Like, two, two minutes. That's not what the Bible is talking about when it talks about meditate on Scripture. It means it preoccupies, it sits, and you ponder it throughout the whole day. It ruminates. You know, consider means to fix the mind upon for careful examination or to meditate upon. That means you're fixing your mind on it, you're thinking about it. So what is that like when you consider? Let's go just really quickly to the Jeffrey. So like out of this, what have you got? What is the application as you consider it? Well, yeah, uh, the, the, well, the, in, in the verse itself, of course, when um, you know, Christ has justified um, me from my sins, right? And he has saved me from my sins and Christ lives in me. And that's a powerful um, reminder of how I live my life out for Christ as well. Yep, yeah. good. So in practical terms, what that, would that look like? Um, how I interact with uh, others around me yeah. and how am I reflecting Christ. Yeah, yeah. great. Absolutely. So then you're looking at your, your daily conduct, right? Yes. Okay, great. Jamie? Um, for me, I think it speaks to my heart that, you know, I don't have to be perfect mm -hmm. um, because, yeah, if I say fail to read the Bible, like a chapter today or something, you know, I don't have to feel that I can't come before God um, because even if I did read the Bible, it doesn't make me a better Christian. Mm -hmm. You know, God still loves me as I am. So it gives me the courage and the hope to just pick up where I've left off and just start back again. As long as I keep trying, I think I'm making some progress. You know, thankfully, my salvation does not depend on how well I do as a Christian. That's right. Um, it's something I need to remind myself all the time. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's actually really uh, good. There is a big difference between somebody who is fundamentally insecure and not sure if they're loved by God or a son of God or uh, a daughter of God, right? And then they're trying to work out their salvation, work it by trying to be good and do all these types of things versus somebody who understands that, that God has paid a supreme price for their salvation. They're so grateful. They're in love with God. They've been grafted and adopted as sons. And now they are in the sanctification process of getting better, which means there'll be stop starts, you're growing, but you're heading in that direction. Fantastic. Jensen. <laughs> um, what stands out for me is the live for God, live to God part, and then it follows on after, it's like, so I might live to God. And what does it mean to live to God? It's like being crucified with Christ. And that means that it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me, and life, and I live, I live by faith in the Son of God. 
And then what does that mean to be crucified with Christ? What does it mean to live in faith? It's to do what he does, which is to love and give myself to others. Yeah. And it just makes me think of like, when I ask God for things, like maybe the lens that I'm coming with is not the right one that God wants me to view things in. It's like, where am I loving myself and giving myself to others rather than just, oh, what job should I get? Or like, yeah. can I get good marks and things yeah, like that? Yeah, so some of your own normal Vincent self, yeah. uh, Vincent self dies, right? Yeah. And you're like, what would Jesus do, right? Yeah. Like, and Jesus would love others. These are Jesus's priorities. Yeah. And so you're, you're living sort of as Jesus would. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, like hoping to. <laughs> yes, okay, great. Julia. So the part that struck, stuck out to me was I live by faith. And I had to think, what does it mean to live by faith in Brilliant. my life? So to me, I want to be guided by the Holy Spirit in my every decision and my every move throughout my day. But also with the rest of the passage talking about how living by works isn't good. I still want to remember that these works aren't necessarily bad to do either. It depends on the intention behind them. And so for me, like serving at Fungus or coming to church, I want to do these things because I want to develop my relationship with God and to serve Him, and it's not doing these things which are saving me. Absolutely. That is fantastic. And I'm uh, thankful that you brought up the, like a different theme, right? It, which is in faith in Christ. And we now live in a, in a world that actually um, kind of goes against faith because we want to know hard data. We want to know like, if I do this, 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 I'm definitely going to be saved. So here I am going to tithe, I'm going to show up with my thing, I'm going to do this, and God, you better give me a good life. Right? But this passage points to, God, my life is in your hands. My trust is in you. Oh my goodness, God. My faith is in you not through the works that I can do, right? Wow, what a powerful passage. So I want to thank you so much, guys, for um, doing this. We're going we're gonna to wrap it up. Some additional notes that you can do as you consider um, today's passage or any other passages. Try to find yourself, try and get to a, a good state when you read the Bible, right? So I would encourage you against I mean, it's better than nothing, I guess, but let's give God a good priority when we open up his Bible and treat it with dignity, honor, and respect. That means you're, you're maybe doing some worship before. You're inviting the Holy Spirit in. I like Pastor Roland's armor of God. You're getting yourself in the right state. Uh, you want to ask yourself, what is the Holy Spirit convicting? What is the conviction uh, that Scripture is bringing into your life as it divides through your defenses and, and, and goes right into your heart? Maybe you can even, in your consider, you can discuss it. You don't have to read the Bible alone. There is the wider body of Christ. You can call up a mate and go, hey, we're reading this thing together. Hey, what do you think? Let's consider it together. Together. Let's stir each one another on. And then uh, lastly, but definitely not least, probably the most priority is ask, what is the Holy Spirit saying? Because the Holy Spirit brings to life Scripture, brings Scripture to life. So even um, as I end, I wanted to, uh, there is one slide in there that did not make it into this. Uh, uh, just while you find it, I'm just going to, say it as we as we close um uh, can i encourage you this series is about 
the, how is the Bible placed in your real life? How is it going in your real life? You cannot have genuine faith if the Bible is not in your real life, and it is intended to be a daily consumption. Let's not water it down. Give us this day our daily bread. So um, you want to think, uh, I had a, a mentor when I was younger. He would say to me, if you don't know the time, place, or method for reading the Bible, you're not reading the Bible. If you, can't, if you don't have already worked out what time, what place, and how. I want to encourage you, pick one. Pick a time, pick a place that you're going to do it, and then as a method, you could just use these three C's. Uh, it's okay if we don't have it. Uh, these three C's, context, content, consider. And I'm going to end with this. <sighs> I wanted to try to make today memorable. So if it's controversial, I apologize in advance. You can email me at chris.ong at fjm.org.au. But the idea of this final illustration is to keep it in your memory, just like the name fungus. Um, I had a very weird conversation with my cousin in Sydney last weekend about COVID, you know, like New South Wales, right? Oh my goodness, what's... Anyway, um, so we're chatting, we're playing board games on Zoom, and, and I said, oh man, it's like getting out of control in New South Wales. You guys should be more like Victoria because we are the best. Typical Melbourne, right? Um, and again, like this is just for illustrative purposes. I'm not endorsing uh, anything. All right, FGA, we're, okay, anyway. And then my cousin said to me this. He said, Chris, of course Victoria is getting on top of the virus. You guys have picked a no-lose strategy. You're like going to buy a house and you're offering double the price just to make sure you get the house. Of course you're going to get the house. You're overpaying. This is from my cousin. He's saying this to me, right? And I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe we are overpaying. But you know what? We got the house. That kind of mentality, I, I want to just tackle it just as we end the service. That kind of mentality is the mentality we need to have with the Bible. Because just as all around the world, Everyone is struggling to win the battle with COVID. I guarantee you, around the world, Christians are struggling to win the battle for the Bible is a core part of our lives. We're struggling to win that battle. You know why? It's so hard for it to leak out and all these are like, I want to encourage you, be rich towards God. That means your approach to the Bible needs to be, if I need to pay double the price, I was only going to allocate 10 minutes to read the Bible, but now I'll spend 20 minutes. Oh, I was only going to you know, like do a little bit of research and then just call it quits, but now I'm going to do double the time, double the amount. I'm going to meditate on it for like one hour, but now you're doing two or whatever it is, right? I want to encourage you, if you are willing to be a little bit like Victoria, and just go, hey, you know what? I get that you all think we're paying too high a price, but I'm going to get it. I'm going to get the Bible in my life. We're going to win that. 
That's what I want to encourage you with. And next week, we're going to do an Old Testament passage. I want to encourage you to, to, to join us as we do the Bible in real life. Because here's what I know about this season. We are all opening up. Things are going to get busy. You're going to get invited to a lot of things. Real life is going to explode with options. But we are now in a season where we are going to make space for the things that are important to God so they don't get crowded out. We're even, our next home group series is going to be studying Galatians. Our next series after Bible in real life is going to be called Make Space. And I want to encourage you, allow this church, allow your local church to disciple you and lead you in this because we want the best for you. Our goal is genuine faith at home. Genuine faith is more precious than gold and more powerful than following rules. Father God, I thank you for everybody who is here. I thank you for everyone who's following us online. I pray, Lord God, that, that we, we would not just be talking about stuff, but we would do it, Lord God, that we would have the Bible in our real life. We commit this into your hands in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you're here on site, uh, we're going to have the worship team. They're going to come up. Um, thank you, volunteers. Uh, we're going to have, uh, you're going to do the same thing next week. Um, but if you're here, you're welcome uh, to join us. We're going to have an extended time of worship. Uh, but we're going to stop our live stream. Uh, please, we're still closed for in person. Um, so join us online next week. And we're hoping that we can open up um, and gather together. Uh, if you go to fjm.org.au slash lobby, we've got some pastors that are there. They're very well um, keen to meet you, pray for you if you've got any needs that you'd like to talk to us about. But God bless, and hopefully, let's have the Bible in our lives this week. God bless. <laughs>